Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we'll explore how to create your very own crystal grid step-by-step, and we're not going to go through any specific grid recipe, although I do have several of those over on my blog at loveandlightschool.com, but instead we're going to go through the actual mechanics of creating a crystal grid from start to finish to give you the confidence that you need to create your very own grids yourself. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Taryn, and Taryn says, Hey Ashley, I've been working with crystals for a while now, and I love using them to add in healing. I have recently been diagnosed with endometriosis and would love to use my crystals to help in a more holistic healing plan in correlation with my doctor-recommended treatment. I'm having trouble finding which crystals I should use for this more targeted healing. Do you have any recommendations? Thank you so much. I love listening to you each week. So Taryn, thank you so much for this question. I know it's been a couple months since you've submitted it, so I hope that you are finding some success with your treatment with your doctor for your endo. And I want to first kind of praise Taryn a little bit um, for some of the language that they used in this question. So they say that they love using crystals to add in their healing and that they want something to add more of a holistic healing plan in correlation with the treatment that they're receiving from their doctor. And I just want to address this because we're talking about a physical health issue here with endometriosis, but this goes for any physical body issue. Crystals are never, ever, ever meant to be a substitute or replacement for traditional medical care. In fact, your treatment from your doctor is the most important thing that you can do for your physical body health. And this isn't something that should be taken lightly. You know what I mean? There are so many people now I hear all the time that have been so kind of jaded um, about medical treatment because of their experiences with doctors, physicians, medications, treatment plans. And I understand that it can be frustrating. I myself am going through some reproductive health issues. In fact, this is my third go-round with the same issue dealing with uterine fibroids even after I've had a hysterectomy. So I understand um, where the frustration and disappointment can come from, but we must remember that any type of energy work, any type of energy healing, uh, holistic health and wellness plan is 
complementary in nature. It is an energetic support to the recommended treatment that we receive from our doctors, our nurses, our counselors and therapists and psychotherapists. It is a way that we can nurture and nourish and support ourselves while we're going through that medical treatment. So Taryn, thank you so much for your very common sense approach to working with crystals. And I just want to kind of applaud you for that because I see more and more people taking less of a common sense approach. And um, I just really encourage you if, if maybe you're listening and you're feeling a little triggered right now, a little rubbed the wrong way, you know, really ask yourself why and, and see, you know, are you utilizing all the tools available to you for your health and wellness? as much as you have access to and as much as you're able to because ultimately, you know, it's this combination of addressing the physical body, the energetic body, the mind, body, and spirit together that we receive the the best results, that we feel um, the most happy and healthy and well in general. So Taryn, thank you so much for framing your question this way. I very much appreciate it. And, um, All that said, of course, yes, uh, talk to your doctor, do all the things that you're supposed to do with your conventional medical treatment, but there are some crystals that have been used throughout history for reproductive health and care, and I know that endo isn't always uh, 100% correlated to reproductive health issues, but it's most commonly treated as a reproductive health issue. So I would suggest something that has that historical context, like carnelian. Um, It's also been used for, again, historically treating infection in the body and things of that nature. And although endo is a little bit different than that, um, you know, there's still kind of a struggle to pinpoint why endometriosis happens and happens so severely in particular in some individuals. So I think carnelian would be beneficial. Moonstone has a similar historical context for reproductive healing, so that may be a stone that you also want to look into. And then because I know um, one of the most common things that can occur with endometriosis is some pretty severe and chronic pain. And a lot of people you know, don't understand. It's one of those things you can't really see from the outside, um, but someone can really be in some very severe pain when dealing with endometriosis. So anything that helps keep you calm, anything that helps keep you grounded so you can work through that pain while, of course, again, you're still addressing that with your physician. So for calming stones, maybe something like aquamarine, lapidolite, blue lace agate, or rose quartz. And for something more grounding, maybe black tourmaline, petrified wood, red pyrope garnet, or even something like bronzite or dravite tourmaline. So Taryn, I do certainly hope that that helps you uh, find a little bit of energetic support while you are working through a treatment plan with your physician. And remember, if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask.
The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. And now it's time for us to dive into our main topic for today, how to create and use a crystal grid step-by-step. So if you don't already know, crystal grids consist of crystals that are placed in concise geometric shapes or arrangements in order to shift and affect the flow of energy in those crystals for a specific purpose. So basically, a crystal grid is a special arrangement of healing stones that are used along with your intention to manifest a desired result. And we aren't just talking about manifesting as in law of attraction type thing. We are talking about manifesting as in co-creating with the universe, as in putting our intention and our focus on something that's important to us, uh, adding some magic to call something into our life. So the properties of the crystals that you use combined with their arrangement in a specific sacred geometric configuration is what together creates a unique energy combination that can be used to enhance your intention. So it's about bringing these different tools together to create that amplification of energy surrounding your intention. So working with crystal grids can be really powerful because it's combining the energy of crystals with the energy of sacred geometry. And by placing your stones in that geometric arrangement, the crystal energy is enhanced exponentially because your intention is being amplified through the stones and then sent out into the universe in a clear and direct way through that orderly sacred geometric arrangement because sacred geometry is kind of like the language of the universe. It's the building blocks of the universe. So your message gets through really loud and clear. So now that you know what a crystal grid is, how can you make your own crystal grid to create some change and transformation and shift in your life around an intention of your choice? Well, let's break this down step by step. You're going to start by creating that affirmation or intention statement as the focus of your grid. You can think about this as just choosing a purpose, right? If you are working with a crystal grid, there's something that you want to create or transform in your life. Chances are you have a specific reason for doing so. So it's important to get really clear about what this intention truly is. So you may want to write this down on a small piece of paper. You may want to speak it aloud, but get some good clarity here. And this is, you know, one of the things I really think is the most important to the whole grid creation process. It doesn't even have to do with the crystals yet, but you don't want to rush through this. You want to be clear and intentional while you're creating this affirmation or thinking about the purpose of your grid. Next, you're going to choose the stones that you need for your grid. So you might select these according to the properties that you find listed in books or in articles online, like my book, Crystals for Energy Healing, or you can choose your crystals totally intuitively, maybe based on their shape or their color or their texture, just something you feel drawn to. 
And the most common way to select your crystals when you're creating a grid is to choose one stone for the overall theme or intention of your grid. This is the central stone, also called the anchor stone, and then choose several supporting stones that further define that main purpose. So for example, if you wanted to create a grid to help you enhance your intuition or further refine your intuition, then maybe you would choose something in the realm that's generally connected to intuition for your main stone or central stone. Maybe something like amethyst or azurite or lapis. All three of those are just in general connected with intuition. So that would help set that main purpose or theme for your crystal grid. And then if you were choosing some supporting stones that give you the opportunity to further define this energy, you may want to get really specific with this. So say you find that you have trouble trusting your intuition. You always second guess yourself when something comes through intuitively. Maybe you want to add something like snowflake obsidian as a supporting stone because that crystal is connected with trust. So you have your main theme as helping you develop or connect with your intuition. And then you have some supporting crystals that more specifically address your individual issues surrounding that or help with your specific problem. Now you can choose just one type of supporting stone or several. You can use maybe just one of each stone surrounding a central crystal or you can choose the number of stones to incorporate, the supporting stones to incorporate based on numerology. So, you know, if we're thinking about intuition, intuition is connected with the number two, the number seven, and the number nine. So you may want to use two, seven, or nine of your supporting stones, or depending on the sacred geometry shape that you choose for your crystal grid base, which we're going to talk about in the very next step, you may want to choose the number of crystals that make sense for that shape. For example, if you had a hexagon or a shape based on a hexagon, like a seed of life or flower of life, you may want to choose multiples of six. If you had a pentagon, maybe five, or a septagon, then seven. And each of these shapes have different correspondences and qualities to their energy. So let's dig into that. The next step is to choose a sacred geometry shape that aligns with your purpose and that you can use as a template or base for your crystal grid. And on the blog post that accompanies this podcast episode, you can download a free printable crystal grid template pack. So head over to loveandlightschool.com blog Search for the blog, how to create and use a crystal grid step-by-step, and you'll find the link to that free downloadable crystal grid template pack. There's also a link to an article on the blog within this one, all about different sacred geometry shapes and their meanings. So if you need help choosing your shape based on the meanings or qualities, then definitely give that blog post a quick read through. Now, I do want to say alternatively, you can create your own crystal grid shape not following sacred geometry, and some people choose to do this. So you may want to create a grid in the shape of a meaningful symbol. So perhaps if you were working with your intuition, in the example we've been working with, you would want to choose the shape of an eye representing your inner eye for intuition. Or if you were working on a grid for self-love, you might want to choose the symbol of a heart. 
So you don't have to work specifically with a sacred geometric shape, although they do lend themselves very well to grid making because again, they're in the language of the universe. But different symbols also carry a lot of weight and energy with them as well. And finally, you can just choose to create a grid completely intuitively and freeform without following specific geometry. That's totally fine too. So after you have your crystals and you've chosen your sacred geometry shape or the shape that you're going to use for your crystal grid, you're going to begin creating the grid by placing your anchor stone. Remember, that's the central stone that kind of sets that main theme or purpose of your grid, you're going to place that right in the center of your chosen sacred geometry shape. And be sure to place it with intention. So go back to that intention or affirmation statement or purpose for creating your grid. And as you're placing this crystal onto the grid, say your affirmation aloud or silently to yourself, or Optionally, you can take that little scrap of paper that you wrote your intention or purpose onto and place it beneath the stone at the very center of your grid for a little extra energy boost. Next, you're going to place the remaining stones that you chose to work with around the central anchor stone following the shape of your chosen crystal grid template or sacred geometry shape. So place them exactly along the lines of the shape that you've selected because the proper alignment here is really important for the energy flow of the grid. If you're calling in the energy of the sacred geometry, then the stones need to be in that shape. So make sure that you keep things proportionate and aligned. Now, as you're placing each of these remaining stones, just like you did with your anchor stone, state your intention for them. So what energy did they bring to the grid? So rather than just that main purpose, which is set by the anchor stone, think about how these supporting stones are further defining the energy. And these should support the main focus or intention of your grid, but they should also work to further define it and make it more specific to your situation. So I do have some images on the blog post that accompanies this episode so you can see how your grid is probably taking shape by now each step through the process. Now, as an optional step, you may want to choose to further define your intention or purpose even more with some crystal energy by adding an additional type of supporting stone to your grid in another ring or layer around that central stone. And you can add an additional set of stones around that anchor stone to bring in these additional qualities. So just follow the same instructions as you did for placing your initial round of supporting stones, thinking about how these crystals further define your purpose and what they're really bringing or adding to the energy of your grid. Now, after you have all your stones in place, it's time to activate your crystal grid. And activating really is just about enhancing the energy of your grid by linking or energetically connecting all the crystals within your grid. And it's most effective if you go through this process by working with a clear quartz point or a selenite blade, something like that, some type of wand-like shape in general. And as you are sort of 
drawing, energetically drawing in these connections between each of your stones, you're going to visualize them as white light, seeing all of these crystals being linked together into one cohesive unit. So how do you do this? Well, it's a little complicated to describe um, with audio instructions and a visual is very helpful. If you want to watch along and see the visual of a crystal grid being activated, you can head over again to the blog loveandlightschool.com slash blog. Search for this post, how to create and use a crystal grid step-by-step, and you'll actually be able to see a little video of a crystal grid being activated. So you can really see the process. So you're going to start by pointing your wand, again, whether that's a clear quartz point, a selenite blade, whatever you have handy is fine. And I should mention here, if you don't have either of those, you can use any type of crystal tower or generator or even just your finger to activate your grid. So you're going to start by pointing your wand over the center stone, over that anchor stone, and set an intention to link the energy of all the crystals within your grid so that they work cohesively toward your intention or your purpose. Then moving from the center, you're going to draw an imaginary line to a stone at the outside edge of the grid. And some people do like to actually tap or touch their crystals with their wand while they're activating. I personally don't feel this is necessary, um, so I just kind of hover my crystal above the stones within the grid. So you've moved from the center to an outside stone on the edge of the grid. And then moving clockwise, you're going to continue to draw that line down to the next stone on the outside edge of the grid, and then back to the central stone. So you've made kind of a triangle or kind of a little pie shape. Now you're going to move back up along the same line you just followed to the crystal you were just at along the outside edge, and again, move clockwise down to the next outside stone, and then again, back to center. So you've created a second triangle that shares one side with the first. It's like two little pie slices right next to each other. And you're going to continue this process until you've connected all the stones in the grid and you arrive back at the center. Now, finally, Once you're back at the center, you're going to point your quartz wand or selenite blade toward the anchor stone in the center of the grid and infuse it with universal energy so that the grid can carry out its purpose. And while you're doing this, hold your intention or your purpose for your grid in mind while you're finishing the activation. Now, it is important to know if your grid is disturbed or your crystals get moved out of alignment, you will need to put them back in place in the sacred geometric shape and reactivate the grid. And similarly, if you find that you're done using the grid, you can just move them out of alignment and this will deactivate the grid. So you've created an intention statement and set the purpose of your grid, chosen the stones that you want to use that connect with that intention, chosen a sacred geometry shape that also supports this energy. You've placed your anchor stone and all of your supporting stones and activated your grid. Well, now what? Now what do you do? Now you have a fully functioning crystal grid. What do you actually do with it? Well, I think the most important step 
and one that a lot of people overlook is to actually make time to connect to the energy of your grid regularly. So you may want to meditate in front of your grid each day for a few minutes or just sit in the presence of your grid and let that energy kind of fill you up and focus on that purpose and that thing that you're trying to create or change or transform in your life. Whatever you do, just be sure that you're holding space for this transformation to take place for your highest good. And the other thing that's, I think, really important about making time to connect with the grid regularly is you can make changes. If anything in your circumstances or your situation changes so that maybe you need to adjust your purpose, maybe you need to swap out some of your stones or choose a new sacred geometry shape, you can do that. Your grid can be a living, breathing thing that you change and that grows and changes with you. Again, just make sure if you make any changes to just simply reactivate the grid with the new stones or new shape or whatever you've done to switch it up. Now, after you've created your grid and you're making time and space to connect with it regularly, it might also be really helpful for you to make note of any changes that you see in your life related to that intention or purpose so you can track your progress and your growth. So all that's left for you to do at this point is grab some crystals and get started. And if you do end up creating a grid following these instructions, whether you know you're following sacred geometry or completely creating something from your own intuition, I would love, love, love to see a photo of the grid that you create. So if you are on Instagram, just tag me in your photo at love and light school or send a picture over to my DMs. I would absolutely love to see what you create. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning crystal healing certification program will take you from crystal lover to a confident certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Maybe you want to deepen your personal spiritual practice by connecting more deeply to your stones. Or maybe you're already working with crystals, but you want to learn some more advanced energy healing techniques. Wherever you're at on your crystal journey, the Love and Light School's CCH program can help you become the confident and intuitive crystal healer you know you can be. Are you ready to listen to the nudges from the universe and take the next steps on your crystal journey? Our CCH program is here to support you every step of the way. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And I want to give a really big shout out today to Myra, who left a five-star rating and a review. And Myra says, wow, wow. So I am brand new to meditating in crystals. I stumbled upon your podcast beginning of this week. I guess my guides wanted it. I was really intrigued when you talked about receiving messages from crystals, so I decided to try it. I was definitely skeptical. 
I chose one of my stones that I knew nothing about and sat in my meditation corner. Within a few minutes, I felt very strongly a sense of passion, patience, and then my hands started to throb very slightly as if the energy was trying to push itself out. And from that, I took a message of growth. It was growing inside my closed hands. And then I went to a book and looked it up. And the two things it said about that crystal was passion and patience. I was so shocked. And then I Googled it just to learn more about it. And there I found it talking about growth. So yeah, wow, wow. I'm super surprised and I can't wait to do it again and again and again. Thank you a million times. This podcast has already taught me so much. I'm binging it at work. Well, Myra, thank you so much. I'm glad that you had such an awesome experience connecting with your crystals. And I really appreciate you sharing. And speaking of connecting with your crystals, I will be releasing a brand new mini training series about connecting with your crystals for everyone who is on the wait list for my upcoming CCH program as part of my brand new CCH prep school video series. So if you want to learn more about my upcoming crystal healing certification program or get that free training about connecting with your crystals, head over to crystalhealerschool.com. So again, if you'd like to leave your own rating and review and get featured here on the show, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes, or if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet and you never want to miss a future episode, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen for our most popular episodes, recent episodes, and everywhere this podcast is streamed so you can subscribe on your favorite service. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.